to see you guys this morning. Uh, welcome, man, I'm dropping my notes. <laughs> welcome especially to the students. Uh, it is Student Sunday here at ICC, and we are so glad that you're here. Thank you for accepting our invitation in this morning. And uh, my wife, Michelle, I think she told you earlier if you were here for that, um, she's now a fourth-year medical student. We actually moved to Memphis to begin school here, uh, for her to begin school here. I'm just the tag-along. So, and intellect and everything else, I just kind of am a little bit behind. So, I just kind of trailed her here. Thank you, Lord, for Michelle. And, uh, but we moved to Memphis uh, four years ago. She moved from Nashville. I moved from Georgia. We got married right after we got here, and uh, we have loved it. Now, I will tell you, though, if you're new to Memphis this morning and transitioning into the community, I, we can relate to you. We totally get it. For us, it was perhaps one of the scariest and most frustrating and lonely times of our life. Those first few weeks here, it was like, it was just, it was, it was overwhelming. There were so much new things and so many scary things and so many exciting things. And, and we didn't know what to do and where to go and who to talk to. And uh, it was crazy. But I'm telling you, um, we love it here now to the point that we don't want to leave here. And we came here kicking and screaming, and God has totally transformed our hearts and lives since being here. And we absolutely love being in Memphis. And I'm telling you what made the difference for us was about three or four months in, finally landing at a church. And I'm not telling you that because I'm a pastor, although I am telling you that because I'm a pastor. (laughs) But we just landed at the church. We got involved here before we ever began leading here. And I'm telling you, getting involved in the purposes of God, getting connected to the family of God, just living in that faith community is such a... I see heads nodding all over, people who have been through that and gotten involved. And It has made all the difference in our life. God wants you to continue to be involved in a church. As, wherever you are, no matter what season you're in, as long as you're there, you should be involved and connected in a church. It is part of His plan and purpose for you. And our greatest desire would be just to see you continue to pursue God while you're here in Memphis. Don't put God on the shelf and then pursue studies for four years and say, I'll go back to him later. No, your experience will be defined by how you pursue God here in Memphis. And I'm telling you, the ones who have the happiest experience here and the ones who have the most success here are ones who continue to prioritize relationship with God. John 17, 3, this is life. This is eternal life that you might know God. Your life is not school. Your life is not grades. Your life is not resume, trying to apply for a job. Your life should be about knowing God. Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these other things that you're concerned about will be added unto you. Just prioritize your relationship with the Lord and know that we're a church that wants to help you with that. We want to foster an atmosphere where you can get plugged in and you can know God more and you can get connected with the family. Honestly, I'm not going to be selfish and say you've got to be involved here. We want you to be involved here. But more than that, we want you to be involved somewhere that's going to meet your needs and push you closer to the Lord while you're here and enable you to serve right here in this community, okay? So I just, I'm just telling you that. I wish you'd commit to that because it has made all the difference in our life. And just do it, okay? Just do it. Um, and that's just my, my love letter to you this morning. So we're glad you're here, though. And welcome to Memphis. I, I talked to somebody earlier. This is her second day here. Everybody just say, welcome to Memphis. Welcome to Memphis. Yay, we're glad you're here. Well, um, 
we just walk through books of the Bible here at ICC. That's really all we know to do. We just stick to the Word of God. We've been walking through the Gospel of Luke, but for the last two weeks, I took a brief break, and we've been in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you've got your Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, some of you guys see the image on the screen. This is a very familiar book for those who are in med school or any medically related thing. This is an image of what? The famous Gray's Anatomy book, but we have conveniently changed it to Church's Anatomy. Um, But twice a year, it is my goal and my desire to kind of walk us through who we are as a church. What is the purpose of our church? What is the function of the church? What are the things that we're about? Just to kind of keep us aligned with the purposes of God. And that's exactly what we have been doing here. So I want to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I probably should open my Bible instead of just talking to you. And we will pick it up here. And we will begin in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make him any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable... We bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts don't require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually, you are members of it. I love this passage of Scripture, and especially this time of year, because so many of you guys are coming in, and you're going to be studying the body, right? And it's just so cool, because the body is really meant, the human body is really meant to point us in the direction of understanding what the church is like. And I, I threw out this idea last week, I really believe that God made the human body the way he made it. He could have chosen any design. I believe there's great intentionality in his design, not only for how we operate physically, but also to point us to greater spiritual truths. He does this all the time in our world. But he's pointing us to a greater spiritual truth about how the church is to operate. A couple of things I want to remind you of that we covered last week, and then we're going to land on the fourth one today. First, the body is a unified body. There is how many bodies? There's only one body. Christ has one body. 
All of us are one in Christ. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, if you are part of the body in Christ, then you share that body with every other member. We should stand united because we're all members of one body. Secondly, the body is diverse. No two people in this room are alike. Thank goodness. And I'm really thankful nobody's like me. Wait a second. Why'd you laugh at that? Everyone is diverse. You have a unique role to play. No one should feel useless. No one should feel jealous of anybody else because God has designed you to be you. And He's designed you to play a unique role in the body. And that role is just as important as every other role. So the things that make you tick, the personality that you have, the skills and the services that you offer, the giftings that God has given you, all of those are given to you as a unique individual so that you can be a part of a greater body and use that to serve the greater good. Isn't that cool? There's diversity in the body. And third, I told you last week that there's mutuality in the body. There's interdependence. No one can say, I don't need anybody else. We all need one another. You need the church, and the church needs you. You have to depend on one another in the body. And I love that. We have to depend on the ladies out there taking care of our kids. We have to depend on the people who show up to do the parking stuff in the morning. We have to depend on those who serve at the homeless pantry. We, we depend on one another to make the greater purpose of the church work. Isn't that awesome? It's the same way with our human body. That was just review. Now I'm going to go. Number four. Glenn said go. Number four, what we're going to focus on today is solidarity. The fact that not only do we stand together, not only are we diverse, not only do we share this mutual interdependence, but we stand for a common purpose. There's one thing about your body, your human body, that you need to know. Well, you already know it, but I just want you to think about it. The members of your body, right? Look at your fingers. Everybody take out your fingers. Or look at your toes if you don't have fingers. Or look at your neighbor's fingers or whatever you need to do. The members of your body do not operate according to their own purposes, do they? What if, I, I gave this example in January. What if, what if you woke up one morning and your hand just rose up and said, Good morning, bird. I think I'm going to go do this today. And your foot rose up, good morning, Bert. And, and every member of your body just says, just set its own purpose and decided to do its own thing, right? That would be insane. We would all look so crazy walking down the street. But look, that's not the way it works. Your body, the members of your body, serve who? You. You, the head of the body. The head of the body controls everything else in the body. The person in the body sets the purposes of the body. All your members simply serve the person. They serve you. They serve your purposes, what you want to do. You're the one that controls your body, right? Some of you, unless you're older, and your body may start to control you. <laughs> we all get there. I've been there this week. All right, so look. Here we go. So that's, that's, we just see this in our body. Your members serve you. Now, here's the thing. The Bible says that we, as a church, are the body of who? Of Christ. He is the head of the church. So guess what your role is as a part of the body? Is it to do what you want to do? I'm going to go pursue this. I've got a vision for this. I want to do this. I'm going to, I need to do this. Is that, is that how your life should look? You controlling everything and telling the head what to do? 
No, that would be crazy. It would be as crazy as your arm waking up in the morning telling you what to do, which I hope it doesn't. You and your purpose in the body is to serve the head, the purposes of the head, the desires of the head. You are here to be a minister to the person that inhabits you. You see that? You are a member of the body, and that your purpose in the body is to serve the one who inhabits your body, and that is the Lord Jesus. So for you as an individual and for us as a church, our greatest need is to follow our head. We don't need to know our own individual vision. We need to know whose? The Lord's vision. We don't need to know our desires and purposes. We need to know whose? The Lord's purposes. Our point as an individual and our purpose as a church is simply to look at the Lord, see where He's leading, see where He's going, see what His Word says, and just be a minister to Him and what He's about. Y'all got it? If you agree, just say, yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. Yeah, see, I thought, that's good. That's good. Um, and one of the tests, you got, y'all are just going to totally make fun of me because I don't know anything about DNA, but I do know something about DNA. DNA has, has a big point in the body, right? At least I can say that, baby. It has a role to play. DNA is important. Everybody, you should, we all learned something this morning. DNA is important. Um, I told you I'm behind. I meant that. DNA is important. And I've seen some of these, I hate to even admit this. I saw this reality show once where they're trying to prove the baby's daddy or whatever. No, I'm serious. To, y'all have seen this and you're all laughing because you know it. To, to be able to prove if the child is a legitimate child, what do you do? You take the DNA test, and there needs to be a DNA match. That DNA is the core. If, if you match in the DNA, then you belong, right? One of the things that we can do as, you can do as an individual, and we can do as a church, that we need to make sure our DNA is God's DNA, that we share the DNA of our father. If you don't have the same DNA of your daddy, you're not your daddy's child, Does that make sense? Now, you could be adopted, but what I'm saying is the sign of a healthy Christian and the sign of a healthy church is that you share the DNA of your dad, our father, of Jesus. His purposes, his ways, his presence need to be moving through us such that if you look at the dad, you're looking at the child. You look at the child, you're looking at the dad. The DNA matches. Everybody got that? Now, that's kind of, that may be cheesy, but I think it works. I, th- I mean, I, I hope that you're seeing what I'm seeing. And so what I want to do this morning is I just kind of want to walk through the purposes of the church and the purpose of our church. And I want you to do a little self-exam this morning. You go to the doctor for checkup, except your doctor's in the room, and you never go to the doctor for checkup. Uh, but most of us go to the doctors for checkup, and you go to the doctor, they kind of run a diagnostic test and all these things, and they want to make sure that you are healthy. And I want to make sure this morning that as we, as we put ourselves up against what we know Jesus is about, that our purposes match his. Y'all track it with me? So I want to do a little health check this morning, spiritual health check. You can go ahead, two slides. These banners up at the front and these words that just got on the screen, uh, To us, this is how we communicate the purposes of the Lord for you as an individual and for us as a church. Love, 
liberate, lead, and launch, okay? I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I just want you to say those together. And I want you to try to memorize them. Love, liberate, lead, launch. I'll give you 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Love, liberate, lead, and launch. We believe so firmly, and we want to communicate all the time. By the way, you have bulletins in your chairs today. You're welcome to write these things down in the sermon notes section. The bulletins change a little bit this week for the next season of our church, but feel free to write these things down. We believe so strongly that this encapsulates what God's desires are for His church. This is, these are the purposes that the head, Jesus, has set out for the body. And if we are going to be in line with the body, if we're going to minister to Jesus, our head, this is what we're going to be about. This is our DNA. These are our DNA strands. They don't look like DNA strands, but... Yeah, they don't. But uh, <laughs> this is our DNA, okay? I want to walk through them very briefly this morning. And I want to do so... Just, we're going to walk through them very quickly. We're going to, we talk about these things all the time at ICC, but this is a day for you to have a spiritual checkup. We're going to talk about what the scripture says about them. And secondly, we're going to talk about how our church is doing them. For those of you who are new, just so you can know what we're about, okay? First of all is love. If you'll read this with me this morning, I think it would be great. God's presence in our lives brings deep satisfaction to our hearts that overflows in joyful worship and genuine love toward others. God's presence in our lives brings deep satisfaction in our hearts that overflows in joyful worship and in genuine love toward others. If you'll go to the next slide, I just want to show you this. What we're saying is that when God is truly present, in your heart, in your mind, and in your life, there are two things that will happen at the same moment that His presence hits you. One is joyful worship. And the second is genuine love. You got it? What are the two things? Joyful worship and genuine love. The Bible is full of language that speaks emotionally about our Lord. Psalm 73 Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth there is none that I desire besides you. You are my strength. You are the strength of my heart. You are my portion forever. As for me, it is good to be near God. Oh God, God, earnestly I seek you like a deer in a thirsty land. I long for you. I thirst for you, God. Come into his presence, Psalm 100, with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 34, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What do you hear in all that? This overwhelming love for God. Let me tell you, there is no such thing as somebody who knows God that doesn't love God. You cannot know God without feeling strongly for God. It would be crazy if I said that I love Michelle and every day we just went in and we never really talked to each other. We never really spent time with each other. I didn't set aside time to spend with her face to face. I didn't give her gifts. I didn't do, you know, it would be crazy. You'd go, you don't love her. That's just talk. 
The same thing for us as believers. If we truly know God, if He is present in our lives, guess what? It's going to overflow in joyful worship. You're going to have emotions and feelings and longings for God. Y'all tracking with me? John chapter 4, Jesus says, True worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Y'all ever seen Extreme Home Makeover? The guy Ty... If you haven't seen it, they take families who are in need of a, a house and they take them away for a week and they bring all these teams in and they build them this huge mansion of a house and they bring them back and there's this moment at the end of the show where they cover up the house with this big semi-truck. They bring the families in blindfolded and they're all standing there and they're waiting to see this new house and the, and the count of three, everybody says what? Remember? Move that bus! Move that bus! And there's this moment, the climax of the show where the bus moves, right? And they're standing there face to face with their house. And what usually happens? They overflow in emotion. There's tears and they jump up and down and they're screaming and yelling and they're hugging their mama and their neighbor and their cousin. And it's just craziness. It's pandemonium. They're so excited because this house, this gift, this presence is right before them that has moved them. Y'all see what I'm saying? Every reveal should have an equal response. Now, Jesus says true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. It would be crazy if they moved the bus, the house was there, and the family just stood there like, uh-huh, okay. That would be crazy. It's a house. It's free, right? Wow! Are you kidding me? The response is equal to what has been revealed. Response is necessary, but it would also be crazy if they moved the bus, there was no house there, and the family went, yeah, yeah, this is so awesome, right? That would be equally crazy because there's nothing there that they're excited about. You have to have what is revealed, and you have to have what is responded to. Does that make sense? You've got to have spirit and truth. This is what our life is. If you truly know God, if he's truly revealing himself to you, you will be responding to him. And I ask you this morning, are you experiencing joyful worship? Do you desire God? Do you love Him? Are you experiencing those sweet times with the Lord? If not, it may indicate that we, yet you're not truly understanding Him as He is because when you understand Him as He is, you will respond in spirit. You understand? We as a church are about joyful worship, but also genuine love. And I'll just, just say this briefly. 1 John chapter 4 over and over and over, it says, if you love God, you will also love one another. John chapter 13, Jesus says, you will know my disciples by the way that they what? Love one another. If you know God, and you know that God is love, then you will love others, and it will be genuine. You won't have to try. You, it will overflow out of you. When God, when you see Him as merciful, you will want to be loving toward others. Do you have loving relationships, genuine loving relationships? Is, is love in a characteristic of your life? 1 Corinthians 13 says, If you have everything else, but you don't have love, you have nothing. You are but a clanging gong and a resounding cymbal. You're just making a lot of noise, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. Is God real to you? I pray that you know His love. Oh, God loves you. Did you know that? I want you to say to yourself, God loves me. He loves you so much that He gave His only Son for you. And man, if you know God's love, you will respond in joyful worship and genuine love toward others. Got it? Let's move on.
Oh, we got to move on. Liberate. Everybody say this with me. God's grace through Jesus brings salvation and restoration to our lives and moves us to share His gospel and grace with others. God is a liberating God. Amen? Amen. If you've been liberated by the Lord, I just want you to just give a testimony to that. Just say amen. amen. Thank you, God. Amen. I mean, God has totally changed my life. I don't know where I would be today. And I, I say this with all honesty. I do not know where I would be today if it hadn't been for the Lord's love and grace that pursued me in my life and took me and my dead, selfish, sinful self and has changed me, brought me out of death and put me into life, has adopted me into his family. I do not know where I would be. Do you know where you would be? In the gutter. I mean, that's where we would be. That's where we should belong. The Lord is gracious and merciful to you. Amen? He has done wondrous things in your life. And when you know what God can do and what He is doing in you, you want to share that with other people. If I found a cure for cancer today or a cure for AIDS today and kept it to myself, if it was truly the cure and kept it to myself, what would you say about me? Crazy. Selfish. He must not really have the cure. If you truly believe that Jesus is the way to life, that God can redeem anybody, no matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, that God can redeem you through the blood of Christ. If you believe that, your life and your lips will always be showing that. You'll be moving to show compassion toward others, to help them in their time of need, just as God has helped you in your time of need. You'll be giving things away. You'll be sharing what you have. You'll be saying with your mouth, God is great. You'll be walking into patient rooms and saying, can I pray for you? Because I know that this medicine can only take you so far. But God is a great healer and you can trust him. You can turn to him and you can be safe. With your lips and your life, you'll be demonstrating his mercy. Y'all tracking with me? The Bible's full, 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 full of indication that this is what he intends for us to do to be talking and sharing the wondrous love of the Lord. He says that we're salt in Matthew 5. We're salt and light. We're not to be hidden. He puts us on a hill to showcase others to others who He is. The question for you this morning is, are you demonstrating with your life and with your lips that God is great, that He's merciful, and that He's provided a way for salvation and relationship with Him through Jesus? Does your life, do your, your life and your lips, do they show that? I pray this morning that they would, that you would commit again to liberate. And this is who we are as a church. I want to show you real briefly in the next slide kind of how we go about liberate. And this is going to be real quick. We have four categories here at Island Community Church. These are areas of our immediate community. We feel that a church is called to bless its immediate community. So we serve in Arkansas, downtown, midtown, primarily uptown. This is our immediate community. There are four categories of folks that we identify that have needs. One is the nations. What we mean is there are a lot of international people. Y'all have noticed this. A lot of international people here in Memphis. A lot of them come here from other countries to serve and to work at UT and work at St. Jude. We want to serve and bless our internationals. Secondly is the needy. We have a lot of people in Memphis. This is one of the poorest areas of our state, right here within a 5-10 mile zone of us. We have a lot of people who have great needs, and we feel called to serve them and to meet those needs as much as we can. 
Third, those who are not at home, people who have been displaced, they're here in Memphis for a short time. Usually it's related to medical reasons. We have a lot of people that come into our area for cancer treatment, for Le Bonheur. This is a regional hub, especially for medical. And we have a lot of families that live right around here who are not at home. We feel called to bless them and serve them, to provide a community for them as long as they're away. And fourth, our neighbors, those who are like you, the people in your classes, the people who live right beside you on the island or wherever you're from, we want to bless them. If you'll go to the next slide, we'll show you how this plays out. We at Island Community Church don't just do um, what I call drive-by shootings, and I hate to even call it that. Um, we definitely don't do drive-by shootings. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we don't do like a lot of one-off events where we just go and serve here and we're gone and we never see those people again. We believe there's value in strategic long-term relationships. We want to build relationships with people in our communities in those categories, strategic relationships that allow us opportunities over a long term to serve. These are the current relationships that we have, and I just want to walk you through them real quick. They're divided by category. For our internationals, our primary ministry is on Thursday nights at the Maria Montessori School. We have what we call international crossing. It's an opportunity for them to learn English and also to build relationships. We'd love to have your help Thursdays at 6.30. For our neighbors, they're in blue. We have water outreach on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock where we give out free water to our neighbors. We sponsor the fall festival every year for our neighbors around Halloween. We also serve, we partner with the Maria Montessori School to serve the families of the school. We'll be having movie nights and stuff for the families just to bless our neighbors. In the green, you see how we serve the needy. We Every month, serve the homeless at International Mission there in Midtown. We also, every Monday, go to the retirement home, the Glen Mary, and serve those who are mostly over 80, who are shut-ins. We minister to them and have a Bible study with them. We're going to be having a prom with our retired friends very soon. If you want to go to prom with us, they call it senior prom. (laughs) Come talk to me. We'll hook you up. Uh, 80-year-old and a halter top. It's cool. So, (laughs) next, we have Impact... Impact on Thursday nights, uh, where we go up and we minister to the men of Impact. Um, there's a food distribution center on Saturdays. You can go volunteer and give out food. It's the largest one in Memphis and share the gospel with people who come through. We have a follow-up Bible study that our church through Glenn started, and it's on Thursday nights. And we minister to them and disciple those guys as they come out of that food pantry. And finally, over in Arkansas, we have a new ministry beginning this fall that is targeting Uh, girls who live in the largest trailer park in Arkansas. It's right across the bridge, 10 minutes away. We helped a family there this last year. We're going to be discipling girls, hopefully very regularly there. And so this is liberate for us. Does that make sense? We feel called. We feel committed. We feel able and responsible and privileged to serve our community and to share the gospel with everyone we serve. We want you to be involved. Third is lead. Read this with me. God's word and spirit in our lives brings us into intentional relationships that deepen our understanding, intimacy, and obedience of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. God didn't say, Go make converts who make a one-time decision and never do anything else. He didn't say, go make people who come in on Sundays and sit in the pew and learn but never act. No, James says, you're foolish if you hear the word and you don't do the word, right? 
Jesus has called you to be a disciple. And a disciple is defined by one who follows. One who hears what Jesus says and obeys the things that Jesus says. You sign a contract like my brother Glenn likes to say. It's a blank contract. Wherever he leads, I go. Whatever he says, I do. Whatever he asks, I will be willing to commit to. Does that make sense? We are disciples. And God wants you because he wants to lead you into deeper relationship with him. He wants you to be involved in intentional relationships that lead you into greater intimacy, understanding, and obedience to Jesus. You're not going to be discipled on your own. You can be discipled by the Word and the Holy Spirit, but you need people in your life to lead you, and you need to be leading other people. Go to the next slide real quick. I'll show you. This is you in the middle. You're the little blue thing. Hey, little blue thing. There you are. Here's what we believe about discipleship. You need someone leading you, pouring into your life, pushing you closer to Jesus. But you also need to be leading someone else closer to Jesus. You should be discipled. You should be discipling. This is our life as a believer. The question for you this morning is, who's discipling you? Who's investing in your life? Knows you, loves you, is pouring into your life. And secondly, who are you investing in? Who are you pulling along with you? The Lord wants to lead you, and He does that through intentional relationships. Everybody with me? Fourth and finally, man, I'm flying, is launch. Robbie just said that's good. That I'm flying? Oh, this is good. Okay. I'm about to say, you know, I have some say in your job here, buddy, so just be careful. Just messing with you. Let's read this together. Launch. God's desire for all to know Him gives us purpose and moves us to pray, give, and go so that all nations might join us in praise of His name. We like to see our church as a trampoline, right? Where you come in the church and we're trying to send you, bounce you back out as quick as we can. Not that we don't want you to stay, but we see you in your life as a missional calling. God hadn't just poured himself into you so that you might just sit and absorb. We want you to go. We want you to spread it. We want you to share it. And this happens in Memphis. This happens in Tennessee. This happens in the Southeast. It happens in the United States. But guess what? It happens in every corner of this world. God has a heart for all people. Did you know that? God doesn't just have a heart for you or people like you. He has a heart for all people. And because of that, we desire, we love to share the gospel, to share His grace with everyone, everywhere that has a need of Him. Are you excited about that? Over and over we see in Scripture that God loves the nations. He calls us to the nations. In Acts 1, He sends the disciples out. Go to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Revelation chapter 5, there's a picture of heaven and it says there's people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation gathered around the throne. God loves the nations. Isn't that awesome? But I want to show you the next slide. 41.6% of all people in the world have no opportunity to hear the name of Jesus today because of where they live and how the fact that most people don't live in any vicinity of any Christian or Christian church. 41.6% of all people in the world today don't know, never even had an opportunity to know Jesus. That's 2.90 billion people. God has a heart 
for these 2.90 billion people. Do you believe that? But let me ask you what else you might believe. Romans chapter 10, do you believe that how can they call on him whom they had never heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them? Do you believe that? When we're faced with the reality of the world as it is today, it moves us to want to send people, our best people, to the nations so that all might hear and have an opportunity to know God as we do. Isn't that cool? That's exciting. Next slide, and this is the last one, and we're done. I want to show you how we go about launch. All the, this year, you see the two green dots, two green stars? We are sending out, for the first time in the history of our church, two full-time missionaries from our church in Glenn and in Kristen. Glenn will be going to Tanzania full-time, and Kristen will be going as a doctor to, we will say, Southeast Asia full-time. Both of them sponsored and missionaries of ICC. Isn't that awesome? It is amazing. We love to send people, and we want to send you. We would love, we want to see God call more people out to go, to be willing to go. And yellow, all of those dots indicate places that we support every single month when you give to this church. 25% of our weekly budget and our annual budget goes straight out the door to support these dots in yellow and the ones in green. These are direct missionary supports of our church. I got an email last night from Wade Akins, who we support. Through his ministry, the fact that we support them, 897 baptisms this month across the world because we give. 25%, 25 cents of every dollar you give goes to these yellow dots and green dots. In the purple, you see places that we go every year with teams, and we hope to keep adding these. We would love to take you. We believe that you should go with us and serve short-term. Guatemala, Tanzania, China. And finally, in red, if you are a medical student or related to medical anything, we can send you, if you are part of our church and a member here, we have the opportunity to send you all expenses paid, all expenses paid for a couple of months to one of these red dots where you can serve in a Christian hospital setting, practice what you're doing, and share the gospel as you do it. We can send you all expenses paid to one of these red dots. We just sent two back in January to Ghana, and we hope to send more. Isn't that cool? I think it's cool. We love to send people to the nations. All right? Launch. What are the four L's again? Love, liberate, lead, and launch. I'm done. If we are to be the true body of Christ, then we will be serving our head. And we firmly believe the scriptures teach that our head is about these four things, that you should be about them individually and that we should be about them as a church. And the question this morning is, how's your spiritual health? Does your DNA match your dad's? Are you living out the purposes of the head? Are you ministering to him as you serve? And are we as a church? This is our commitment to you and to this body that we are going to move forward in the purposes of Christ. We'd love you to be a part of that. If you'll stand, we're going to move into a time of response. And I would just ask you this morning, if you want to be a part of this church, we would love to have you commit and join here today. If you have any decision to make, uh, if you are not in the body of Christ, and today you have heard the gospel, that the Lord loves you, that he desires to forgive you, and that he has done everything he can do in his son Jesus, 
today, may today be the day that you repent of your sin and that you put your faith and your trust in him. Let him make you new. We would love to walk you through that process here at ICC. Make the decisions you need to make. Maybe it's just a recommitment to his purposes, but we will respond as God leads.